You're all very welcome back to another podcast delivered to you by WeddingSuppliers.ie where you can find all your wedding suppliers, podcasts like this, blogs, etc, etc. Very excited with today's podcast. We have a, a, a very special man on the phone who's keeping us all very upbeat on a daily basis. His name is Luke O'Neill, a professor of biochemistry in School of Biochemistry and Immunology, Trinity College, Dublin. Hello, Luke. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Carl. Happy to take part. Brilliant, brilliant. You've been keeping us all upbeat, Luke, you know, and we're very, very optimistic now. We're feeling we're coming near the tail end of this. Would it be accurate? Well, it's the end of the beginning, I guess is a good phrase. <laughs> the beginning of the end. One of the other challenges. And that is great news this week with the first vaccine to be approved. That's a very important milestone because obviously these are very serious people looking at all the data and what have you, and they've given us a thumbs up in the UK. So, and now we're waiting for the US uh, to approve it. I predict that will be 10th of December, probably and then the EMA in Europe. Now, they'll all approve it, so no question. So we will have this first vaccine available. It's tremendous news, really. Okay, great. Well, look, before we get into all the vaccines and how we're going to get it administrated and, and, and the skill of getting it out there to everybody uh, in, in time, uh, can we go back where you said the beginning, the end, or the end of the beginning? You are a musician, isn't that right? Yes, that's my hobby. Yeah, I wouldn't be as good as you guys now, but <laughs> I've always played music since I was a teenager, really, you know, and I've been in bands and when I was in college and stuff. So I love I love getting the old guitar out, and especially in times of stress, isn't it great? So you trash away at it, it's yeah. a bit, a bit better, I suppose, you know. But yeah, and I, I love playing. And do you still, do you, like, would you have performed live and, and stuff like that through the years? Well, we did, yeah. Well, well I suppose my, my most professional time was I was in England. I did a PhD in London in immunology. That's when I began my career, I guess. I used to do gigs in pubs and stuff, you know, and a bit of busking on the underground to raise a bit of money, you know. And yeah. then I was in Cambridge, and I did three, in fact, we used to do three gigs a weekend at one point in pubs. It was great fun. I mean, that was in the days, Cahill, when the pubs were very famous in England. So we were like a poor man's pubs, was the best way to describe <laughs> it. Um, well. and, and then when I came back to Ireland, we did a bit, but not much. But then lately, I'm back into it at conferences. I put a band together, say, at a scientific conference. They want a band to play at the end. Yeah. delegates, you know, and then we got the metabolics going. That's the biggest band I've had in a while, you know. We've done loads of gigs actually. We had a residency in a pub in Dalky, the Dalky Duck. So been for about two years actually, and then we 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 went yeah. around the world playing at different conferences. So there's not nothing since March. No, no well, yourself. that brings us to the it's next question. I mean, it, it's such a like with musicians. You know, I'm a musician. I'm in a wedding band and would have travelled all like with tours and original bands years yep. ago. And it's a tough time for the arts, right? Oh, it's desperate. And in fact, in the metabolics, we, we've two professionals. We, we're, not, we're not that good. And we were smart to bring in a couple of professional guys. Chris Cole is like a star. He's brilliant, you know. Yeah. Paul Fury on bass. And they play lots of wedding bands. You may need to come across them. Uh, yeah. And they would be gigging a huge amount through, through the years, really, and teaching music as well. And like overnight then, you know, the light went off. Didn't it? it was terrible. In fact, we went to um, Tanzania, the metabolics, to do a gig for a cancer charity. And then we had to come back quickly because... COVID was taken off and that was the last gig we did it's quite posh isn't it that sounds very posh yeah. yeah that was our last gig was in Africa amazingly yeah. five <laughs> of us flew out there but then it was awful because the previous weekend we'd done a gig in the dock to raise money for the charity I mean right. we raised two and a half grand in fact that night it was brilliant yeah. that was a super spreading event because we heard five people were infected in the pub that night oh. and then we're in we're in Tanzania I get a phone call oh there are people 
infected and because we were at risk then we, we would have been infected we came back immediately from Tanzania we flew back you know so it was pretty dramatic but that yeah. was the last time we played together really Okay and after all the hard work you've been doing over the last seven months will you take a, a semi-retirement from what you're doing now and try and move into the music scene? <laughs> can't wait can't wait <laughs> yeah. I, won't, I won't let up until we've, we've beaten this virus Oh we're going to get right. there we will We uh, will get there definitely. And there's certainly an influence of the Sex Pistols there somewhere because your book which is a fantastic Christmas present I've got to plug it like hell on this podcast for you. Two Christmas presents the vaccines right we've got loads of them coming uh, and Luca Neal's book you know so yeah. interesting read so fair, fair play on that one to manage to squeeze that in as well with all the hard work you're doing so look it, yeah I've written that before COVID actually Carl I've written that last year this oh. time last year I was finishing it you know right okay and then okay. of course COVID erupts and then I got the proof of the book back in April and then I could update it but for people, th- people thought I was writing this during COVID it's actually, it's actually before but it's quite useful I could put lots of COVID yeah. references in because the, the appetite for information there was a chapter on vaccines anyway in the book you know the yeah. appetite for this is massive as you know so it's quite easy to updated a bit and daily information on this is, is is really important to us because look we touch off the whole mental health obviously you know we've a huge community of, of musicians the Wedding Band Association yeah. you know there's 84 bands there look we have been back to work wedding bands have been working um, and you know I'm going to just touch off this in the most recent level 5 you know Falch Ireland issued guidelines on no live music no dancing no not novelty acts no hair and makeup and obviously the industry yeah. responded quite um, aggressively to such a guideline and still lobbying for it. It seems that some venues will permit and some venues won't. It just seems like it's guidelines and then it seems in the government's statutory instruments that professionals are allowed to work on professional capacity. So it's all up in the air. But just could yeah. we just touch off it realistically if I was to ask you the question. So 25 people can go to a wedding now. You, you, I'm sure you'd agree, without music and dancing, it's 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 quite difficult to have a nice yeah. time and to have a good wedding. If 25 people are at a wedding from 11 o'clock in the day, okay, would the live music and the dancing be seen as a threat to be a super spreader? Or would, does that, I'm just trying to touch off something here where obviously dancing, you know, live music, but would it be a big player in that later in the night if 25 people yeah. are celebrating throughout the whole I- day? Well, I hate to say it, but the, 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 you, it's a terrible business in many ways. Because if you were to try and invent the virus to torment uh, the Irish <laughs> or musicians, this is the one. Because we know it spreads in these environments. And when all the um, epidemiology tells us that, you see. So we start with that problem. And that, now the big question is, can you mitigate? It's all about what we call mitigation. So things like good ventilation, good distancing, they work a huge amount, you know? Yeah. So if in a wedding situation you can have those in place, now it's difficult, isn't it? I suppose. But uh, but certainly, if 25 people, there's a risk of them infecting each other. There's a risk of the band getting infected and so on. But it can be done if you limit the time. Yes, And you I make agree. sure there's good vent- good ventilation in the room. That really helps a huge amount, you know? Yeah. And then if you, let's, let's say you do a 45-minute gig, for instance, right? I know it's not ideal, but just in this period. I think I think the level five, obviously, is more stringent. So if you go back to level three, I would hope they would be less draconian, you see, because yeah. that would be useful. So I think there would be ways to do it. I think if you if, if you look at it a bit more, uh, you, you've got to we, we all have to accept this is a vicious virus that can spread like wildfire in certain environments. And if we can mitigate against the spreading of it, then I think it should be possible to allow gigs and certainly a wedding. You're dead right. I mean, it's a, a wedding without music is nothing, is it? So it's no, really it important just, it, that yeah. getting married. And it's interesting you say do a forty-five minute gig. That sounds delightful to me. Maybe, yeah, maybe <laughs> because the less, the, less, the less time, the better. Yeah. Time is a variable. The more yeah. time you're in a, in a stuffy room with someone, the increased risk you're going to get infected. You know, so 
So yeah. time limit can be useful in this situation as well. Well, the good news seems it seems to be intermittent. Some some venues are, are permitting, some venues aren't. But I think you know yeah. we're all we're all looking at the, at the guidelines, and we all have to be realistically about realistic about this. We don't want to be yeah. part of something that's that's a super spreader, right? Um. So look, let's move on to the vaccines then. Any update? Any news? When do you think this is going to start rolling out? What sure. situation are we in now? Well, as you've said, every hour I get updates on this. And my lab works on aspects connected to vaccines, so we're very much involved in looking at the data and, and kind of following it, you know. Now, uh, even this morning, there's more news. So we know the Pfizer vaccine has been approved in the UK, which is great. And then we'll see the US and the European Union follow on, there's no doubt. So now we'll have a vaccine. In Ireland, what they're talking about is uh, the first week in January, the rollout begins. They've got a big cold storage unit in City West, which will store all the vaccines. And they've got nine trucks. Did you see that? They announced yesterday they bought these nine huge freezer trucks. They're a bit like the one in the Coca-Cola ad for Christmas. You know, those ones, you know? <laughs> I've seen so, the year, yeah. So, well, they will be dispatched all over the country. They will, they will now distribute the vaccine. The next question is, will it be GPs? Will it be healthcare centres? We'll hear next Friday, actually, about that in terms of the logistics of, of, of getting it out. Now, the first group to be vaccinated will be healthcare workers because they're obviously exposed to the virus. And older people, because remember, 75% of deaths are people over 70, you see. So yeah. they're the ones to protect first. And then you get people with certain diseases who are at risk, because we know if you're a diabetic, for example, you have heart disease, you're at a higher risk of having a bad time with this virus, they, they'd probably be next, I would think. And then we see the whole country getting vaccinated. Now, what I'm pressing for uh, is we should vaccinate a million people by the end of February. There's a goal for you, right? Okay. Now, I'm saying that because in the US, they're saying they will have 100 million vaccinated by the end of February so if they can do it why can't we now, this might be difficult but I'm just I'm sort of putting out to the government saying look yeah, that be the ambition. You, yeah, yeah. that's the ambition we should shoot for now because remember Todd it's remarkable if let's say you're out banned at a wedding right if everybody's vaccinated that go to the wedding right that decreases the risk of anybody getting infected by 90% which is almost zero risk then and then you can have a normal wedding you see so that, that's why these vaccines are so important and, and the, the most exciting part of all is this 90% efficacy is remarkable. The, yeah. the current flu vaccine is about 65% efficacy. And that's, that's good when it's rolled out every winter, you know. But here we have a vaccine that almost brings your risk to zero of catching the virus and getting sick, you know. Yeah. So you can imagine, we may have a situation that the next big question is going to be, do we force people? Now, I'm against that. It should be voluntary. Because if you force I agree, people, it's definitely that voluntary. go down well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you might have a situation where... Um, you know, let's say a wedding is coming up in five months' time, why wouldn't everybody get vaccinated <laughs> to go to the wedding? Yeah. And then you know everybody's protected and you can have a great day out together and you can play for five hours if you're a band. <laughs> Cause, cause yeah. protected. Well, hold, hold, hold so, your horses there now, Luke. Five hours, right? You're going to kill <laughs> well, Hang on. You, you, you guys will be dying to play. We you will, know, we will. Be, well, be, I remember back in my days... Massive. Back in my days in New York in Santa Ponza in, in the 90s when I was playing in a bar over there at, at the tender age of 19, it was a five yeah. to six hour gig every single night That's of the week so. for the whole yeah. season. So we're well seasoned, we're yeah. well able for it. Um, well, with, not the Beatles in Hamburg, they were doing 10 hour gigs. Yeah, <laughs> I was reading that and I didn't know that. And you know, and then an eight year lifespan and look, I was, there was something on about John Lennon on the TV I was watching last night. It was yeah. such an interesting story with them. But coming back to weddings, look, the wedding industry, you know, sometimes it's undermined by people that don't realise the, like, the, the value of it to the exchequer and everything yeah. and obviously yeah. the hospitality sector got really really hit hard um, w- with COVID and then knock on effect obviously then the wedding industry so we're all bursting to get back people are some people are angry to get back some people are just going oh look when will we get back um, we're very optimistic aren't we that we can start lifting restrictions hopefully if, if, the, if the structure of the rollout of this vaccine 
comes out well and yeah. people yeah. take it. Realistically, we might start to see some stuff happening in March. Will we? Will it be too early or even February? Um, like, so, we, so if someone of, takes the vaccine, right? How long yeah. will the government wait to see w- how effective it is? That might be a stupid yeah. question. We don't. We really don't know. It's, okay. Still, it's, it's, it's still a thing that we're learning every day because it's a brand new virus, never seen before. Remember, these are brand new vaccines, never ever given to humans before in this way. So, so caution has to prevail for the certainly the first six months of next year. I predict. We said it to be careful. Right. Now, it, it might be possible, though, as I just said to you, to everybody get a vaccine to go to a sporting event say, or to fly to Australia. You know, In other words, society won't come back to normal as such, but, but there may be situations where when people are vaccinated, they're now protected. You can take you can take more risks with that event, say, or that's whatever it might be, you see. So, so that's the kind of initial phase of this. But because you need to probably get 70% vaccination in the community fully, you know, yeah. Uh, before we're really beating the virus, that that'll take months and months for all kinds of reasons. You see, so so what we're going to be looking at is vaccines plus. We call this. So we'll still see masks. We'll still see hand washing. We'll still see distancing. You know, I would say for the first six months of next year. But the government can begin to relax more and more because yeah. of the vaccine, which is great, decreasing risk. Very importantly, apart from vaccines, they're getting much better at treating people in hospitals. So, so the death rate's gone right down. And in fact, it's down by at least 75% of what it was at the peak. Oh, that's a big that's number, great. right? That's a big number. That's great. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then secondly, um, people are, are doing better in hospital overall. So that, that'll continue. We're going to see that going. And you can imagine, let's say there was no vaccine, which yeah. is a risk. I mean, we don't know yet. These vaccines might have problems. It's, it's still a slight question mark, although we're more and more confident. Um, if, if this becomes a disease that isn't killing people and isn't causing severe illness, you can't justify locking down or preventing events like weddings happening can yet because no. that's too draconian you know yeah, it is so, so we're, we're going to yeah. see it but, but they're going to be careful like we're, we're going to see caution certainly for the first three four five months six months of next year okay. i think so in terms of fully back to normal it's hard to predict that because we've got to see what's going to happen in the coming months really well look two last things what i would say is through the summer we were actually performing at weddings and people did adhere to the rules and I, I actually said to someone someone said you can't social distance and dance believe it or not if you got any closer than a meter to someone you didn't know and if, yeah. they'd be asking yeah. questions why are you so close when you're dancing anyway, yeah, just a bit right. of that you know um, <laughs> and this, this, they have seemed to be safe look we're going to kind of lobby back and say look we can work this out with live music and dancing as I said it is a guideline yeah. at the moment we're looking at it closer um, what do we say to people that are on the edge about the vaccine or, or if you're anti-vaccine in just in relation I want to touch off because I talk to people right I spoke to my neighbour he's a GP and I spoke to him about this so he reckons ah, 75% will just go for it that's the post but then when I speak to yeah. people and say, no, I'll definitely take it, but I might wait six months just to see how everyone else gets yeah. on. Yeah. Is that a common kind of line? It is, yeah. I mean, there's two challenges. We What's amazing is called we, we, science has delivered. Right? We have a vaccine, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to have probably five of them. That's my prediction, by the way. By we get to January, February, there'll be five, six, seven vaccines. Watch. So we have the vaccine. Your next challenge then is the logistics, getting it out. And that, that's not trivial because they've got to be kept at a very low temperature. That's the fire when we were, everybody now knows about this ultra cold thing. So yeah. that's just a logistical thing, though. That, that should be manageable. And then the second big challenge is trying to encourage people to take it because there is what's called vaccine hesitancy. It's very understandable. It's a new vaccine, you know, all kinds of worries. Yeah. They reckon about 30% are, are like that. Okay. So now how do we, how do we help them? We just got to try to get the message that look, Here's the data. I'm, I'm a big advocate of showing people data and say, look, it's safe. This, this is why I'm saying it's safe. Here's the data. Here's how efficacious it is. And you show people that. And then secondly, you get the GPs. They have a key role. So the GP, people trust their GPs usually. 
And yeah. if your GP says take a vaccine, there's a good chance you will. Uh, the third thing is influencers. We must get to musicians now because yeah. <laughs> have you heard I'm going to go on the Late Late Show on the 8th of January to be vaccinated oh. in, 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 on live TV. Well, so I'm trying to get, to get Now, you love this now. I'm trying to get the likes of Bonham. Let's pick someone, you know, and say, look, so I'll go, look, I'm getting vaccinated because I'm a scientist and I believe in this vaccine. A musician might go, I'm getting vaccinated because I want to go back to gigs, you know. Uh, a yeah. footballer might go, I want to go vaccinated because I want to go back to drug park. In other words, we're, we're going to have a lineup of six, seven, eight people who would who would maybe have an influence on people now because you got to pick the people carefully. If you're the wrong yeah. person, that might put you off. You know, you're but, right. Um, and influence is a big thing here. And look, you're right. I think you're you're very accurate in saying that it shouldn't be mandatory because we're going back to that draconian thing, yeah. aren't we? Um, I think so. And, just and the reason chance. is as well, Cal, by the way, if, if you make it draconian, the anti-vaxxers, by the way, we're calling them vaccine deniers now because they're denying the science, you know, but it's a bit like the Holocaust, you know? Yeah. So they'll get galvanized and they'll be even more vocal and that'll put other people off, you know? Yeah. So, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a nuanced thing, really. You've got to be careful. And I do think it should be a choice. And and let's say, for instance, I say, let's say Qantas, they came out first and said, look, sorry, you can't go to Australia unless you've got a vaccine. That's your choice. If you don't want to go to Australia, fine. You know, if you do choose to go, then you have to have a vaccine. That's the way to do it, really, is to encourage people with those kind of things. You can have the decision on it, exactly that. Look, my brother yeah. came home from Australia there on Compassionate Grounds not so long ago. He had to jump through all kinds of hoops. I won't go into it now because I'd be here for an hour trying to tell you how, how difficult it was for him to yeah. get out of Australia and then even get back in. And he was quarantined. He arrived. He got picked up by a soldier, brought in a bus to a hotel. He oh, stayed yeah, there for two true. weeks. Yeah. They're doing pretty good down there now. They are. There. If you look at, look at Australia, Look at New Zealand. The gigs came back there, you know. I mean, in Auckland, over this weekend, there'll be like 30 gigs running, watch and pubs and stuff, you see. So this can be done, you know, and, and that's our ultimate goal, isn't it? We want to be like them, don't we? We want to be and, like and them. The yeah. We do, and, and the way we're going to do it, actually, is by observing all the things we're doing. Right? We can't downplay the importance of distancing and testing and all that sort of stuff. They, they cracked it with no vaccine, remember? So it can be done if we if we just follow public health guidelines. Yeah. And then with the, vac- the vaccine is the atom bomb of a weapon, as I call it, right? So that comes on as well in the therapy. So we're definitely going to head back in that direction. Hopefully. Brilliant. Now, let's leave it on a positive note. So what happens after pandemics? I read something after the Spanish flu. It was just you sense of euphoria. What do you predict yeah. in, 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 in 2021 and 2022 well, when we all get out of this? It, What's going to happen? Here's the good news, because we'll need musicians more than ever to have a party. That's the first thing, right? Because, and in fact, in the 20s, you know, the Charleston, remember that dance? They reckon that was invented because of this frenzy of optimism, you know? Yes. And, and jazz in some ways, they're saying the jazz age was on the back of that pandemic because there was such pain and suffering and let's now kick back. And you know, in other words, after every pandemic in history, there's a great sense I'm alive, you know? And yeah. I want to make the most of being alive. So, so I've no doubt the arts will come back with a vengeance because we all need, I mean, in fact, the one thing we've learned is we need the arts, don't we, to keep us going? And, and, and we knew it anyway, didn't we? But, but this, yeah. is the, this is the evidence is clear now. So I predict uh, good times, definitely. And we'll certainly have a good, damn good party. We'd, we'd love this to be like a V-Day, vaccine day, or whatever. But yeah. like in Europe, after the Second World War, and let's have a national party. Let's start with that, you know? Yeah. And then just let's get, get back to the way things were. That's got to be the goal. Absolutely. And, and it, will, it will come. It's just a matter of when. And we've got to yeah. be patient. Yeah. You can understand people get impatient. Oh, I want to allow weddings with fans and let's have it now. You know? but, the, but the sad thing is this virus doesn't care about us. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. so as long as we're a bit patient and we hang on, uh, these things will come back.
they will come back. And that's a really good message outputting to everybody within the arts and, and musicians because it's a tough time for musicians. I think a lot of great yeah. music is going to come out of this pandemic because people are going to be at home so. writing great songs too. You exactly. Know? So for the other, so listen, absolutely delighted that you could join us today. That is uh, Luke O'Neill, Professor of Biochemistry in School of Biochemistry Immunology. Immunology, there you go, at Trinity College Dublin. And don't forget, lovely Christmas present. It's, now how do I pronounce it? Never, it's, can I say never mind the, the, the buttocks or the bollocks? Of course bollocks? you can. Can I say it? Yeah. Yeah. Never mind the bollocks by Luke well, you're a Sex Pistols fan, Carl. I hope you're not. I'm a Sex Pistols fan. Sid Vicious, he was the hero, wasn't he? And I see Johnny Rotten being interviewed, actually. Uh, he lives in LA or somewhere. He was ta- he was been talking about the vaccine and stuff like that as well. He's still a very yeah. interesting man. He is indeed. Get, get, him, <laughs> get him on the screen. Get, get him vaccinated live. Let's get him on the late, late show on the 8th of January. Well, now, Carl, we have it. Never mind the bollocks. Here's the vaccine. <laughs> I love it. Luke O'Neill, <laughs> talk to you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Luke. Bye, bye, bye. All the best. Thanks, Carl. Yeah, cheerio.